0: Coming up on This Week in Games, Shinmu 3 officially ends crowdfunding and we go over why that matters. GameStop sells off the division for cash, that's not good. And are high schools ready for eSports? PlayBS says yes. Coming up This Week in Games. Hello, welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of This Week in Games. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and let's be thankful for the game industry. (laughs) So, it's a normal slump. I mean, what do you want? What do you want, people? I can't make up news. So, we had a few news stories. I'll go a little bit more in-depth than normal enough in like one or two. Then we'll call it quits and go back to eating pie and turkey. Alright, first up, Shinmu 3 raises $7.1 million in crowdfunding. And that's a weird headline for a lot of reasons. So let's go over some details. YISNet has finished its Shinmu 3 crowdfunding campaign that started way back in 2015 and it finished at 7.1 million, which is a ton. 6.5-ish of that million came in 2015, and the rest just trickled in, you know as time went on. Now, for those of you who haven't worked in the game industry and don't know, 7.1 million barely gets you a tech test. I mean, we're not even talking like a full demo or a tutorial or anything. It's it's like paying for lunch. 7.1 million for AAA, open world, immersive, uh, interactive gameplay games, that's nothing. There's nothing gonna be polished that will get you for 7.1 million. So that's just that part of the headline is terrible as it is. And most of you are going, who the hell is YSnet? I thought Sega owned uh, Shinbu. Well, YSnet is the development company for former Sega hit maker Yu Suzuki. So Yu Suzuki is known for kind of like when Sega got put on the map for Genesis, right? They had the master system before that. The Genesis put them on the map, 2D graphics. And then at the same time, the Genesis them on the home console map sega dominated arcades people forget sega owned the arcade industry and they really did that through 3d graphics and kind of their polygon uh visuals if you will and this is the man who's responsible for that i think he's kind of giving credit for both as like a producer and a visionary but also developing the 3d rendering technology so He's, he's like giving credit for the visuals and making the games a hit for games like Hang On, Space Harrier, Outrun, Afterburner. Afterburner is a huge hit. And then, furthermore, Virtual Racing and Virtual Fighter. So, both of those games, uh, I was a huge Virtual Racing fan. Both of those games had that poly- Polygon esque, like 3D. And he's the guy who brought 3D to the arcades. So, he was also the director and producer on Shinmu and Shinmu 2. And he's kind of like one of the guys known for pushing Shinmu through through back in uh, the day at Sega. And most of you are going, I don't know what the hell Shinmu is. I kind of heard it before. So, <laughs> Shinmu is like, it's kind of like a cautionary tale in the game industry. So, at the time, Shinmu was a game changer. It was released in 1999 on the Dreamcast, and it was supposedly the first of like four, or maybe I forgot how many. I, I know it was like at least four games telling the story of a son avenging his father's death. The game opens up where you're like the son, you return to a dojo, and there's some guy with a ponytail, and he kills your father in front of you, and him and his thugs like go off. And then you go on this quest to figure out why your father was killed and avenge his death. Um, so Shinbu cost between 47 and $70 million estimated to make, and it did not recoup that development cost partially due to the Dreamcast's lackluster market penetration. And Shinmu was considered the most expensive game developed at the time, and it stayed that way for many, many years. And then that's where I said it was kind of like a, a cautionary tale for the game industry, because Shinmue was the game that tried to go too big and couldn't make the money back. Obviously, nowadays, you know, we have giant, many, many years developed games like GTA 5 that cost way more than 47 to $70 million to make. But this was like, you know, for that generation of like PlayStation 2 and Dreamcast and so on, you know, people were afraid to put that kind of money into games because of Shinmu. Shinmu though, well ahead of its time. So what is now considered an open-world 3D explorative game, Shinmue kind of laid the entire groundworks for that. So it had an overarching story, right? But it also had open environments where you could run around. Lots of interactive pieces. You could even play in arcades in the game and play the actual arcade games in the game on Shinbu. And, you know, Animal Crossing would later do this. Lots of games do this now. But at the time, that was ridiculous. Like, people, I think... God, I want to say, like, it was either like Space Invaders or Galaga or Asteroids. There was some, like, old game in there. And people used to just load up Shinmu and play that game for hours. I mean, like, this was mind blowing to have a game, a full game within a full game. Um, it had a deep combat system. It was basically, like, kind of virtual fighter esque combat system within a game. That was also, you know, normally these third person. Uh, open world adventure games at the time you just had a combat system where you mashed A and your character swung the sword. This had like an actual deep, deeper combat system. You know, Shinmu popularized quick time events before Shinmu quick time events weren't really used. It really showed how to gamify immersive events within the story. Shinbu even had things like you could even use a gacha machine and get toys. You could walk up to a vending machine and buy a Coke. You know, very interactive for the time. Broke down a lot of barriers between what is like a story-driven game and an open-world 3D game and how do you merge the two. And it really just kind of set the precedence where what we think of as like open-world adventure games like Assassin's Creed and Red Dead Redemption now... Shinmu laid that track, you know. After that, Shinmu 2 would later be released on Xbox in 2001. Thanks again to uh, the console being released on, Shinmu 2 didn't do that well because at 2001, Xbox was basically a Halo machine. Like it was just a giant, expensive piece of hardware for you to play Halo 1. So, Shinmu 2 got little traction and let's fast forward all the way to 2015 during E3 when it was announced that Shinmu would start a Kickstarter to raise money for a third installment. So many industry insiders laughed at this because Sega actually has the funds to develop, you know, a Shinmu 3 and they don't really need crowdsourcing. And Shinmu already known for its high production costs, any amount crowdsourced would just once again be a drop in the bucket for the overall development costs. I guess what they were thinking is Sega was like trying to test the waters to see what kind of what the appetite for Shinmu 3 was. Their initial goal was to raise two million. Like I said, they raised somewhere between like six and six point five million. And then I don't know. I don't know who's publishing this game because I don't know if Sega is publishing it. YSNET is developing it. And now we're today, and the crowdfunding has ended. And the game is actually set to be released in 10 months. I haven't seen any gameplay or anything. I don't even know what consoles it's coming out on or if it's PC or what. But I'm really curious and excited to see what comes out. Because Shinmu, you know, this is a guy in Yuzuzuki who kind of just like really dug deep and changed the game. And I'm curious to see, you know, just what the third installment of the Ryo. Azuki Revenge Plot is. That's the main character of So, yeah. Let's check out Shinmu 3 in 10 months, guys. Alright, next up. GameStop plans to raise cash by selling its Spring Mobile division. So, most of you guys are going, what the fuck is Spring Mobile? Like, what? Little do shoppers know that GameStop owns almost 1,300 AT&T wireless stores and this division is called Spring Mobile. So, I think I've covered this, like, you know one of the quarterly investment things where I was like, "Oh yeah, gamestop's most profitable division is its a t and t wireless stores and then I had to break down why that was um spring mobile I think is still one of gamestop's most profitable divisions, but gamestop needs cash, so spring mobile is gonna be sold to prime communications l p for seven hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money <laughs> that's uh that's a lot of money, but also it's not a lot for 1,300 AT&T wireless stores. GameStop said it hopes to reinvest this cash in its core games and collectibles business. So let's look at GameStop. At this point, they're pretty fucked. Microsoft basically announced a discless console for 2019. It will be a console, no disc. All the games will be digital downloads. Um, you have cloud gaming coming in the future. And by future, I mean it's basically here. I think companies are just trying to figure out how to market and sell it. Microsoft already said their next console generation will feature a cloud gaming-like device. You have Google with Project Stream. You have EA saying that they're going to do cloud gaming as well. Sony claims to also be doing cloud gaming, though. The experience isn't as great, but cloud gaming is coming. You going to a physical store and buying a box game just isn't happening Anymore, You know, it was magical from ca- cartridge days all the way up to, I would say, PS2 days. And then PS3 is when you could first start downloading games on your console, you know. And then now with the PS4 and your Xbox One and your Nintendo Switch, I mean, frankly, on my PS4, I really own two games. One, the game that came with the console I don't even know what game it is. And then two, I think there's like a disc copy of Street Fighter V in there or something. Like there's like one game that I bought because it came with something and it was better just to buy the physical copy. But outside of that, I just digitally download the games. I don't need I I don't have much space. I don't need to have a stack of games. My console can just hold them. I can uninstall a game that I don't play anymore and download a new one. Like GameStop's main business isn't going to be there. There, no one really like pre-orders games anymore because that whole thing doesn't exist you know like <laughs> like you guys don't know but 10 years ago you actually would run into an issue where you would go to buy a game and be sold out at every game store. So pre-orders made sense now pre pre-orders, pre-orders don't make sense. These gamestop exclusivities just piss off players and are really like not being... Uh, heavily leveraged anymore I'm pretty sure GameStop pays a hefty fee for those and at this point GameStop only has a collectibles business so like toys and collectibles seem to be it's natural place and it really sucks for them that they're kind of just like in this position um let's see what else oh you know at one point GameStop actually was doing something smart they were in talks to buy I think Congregate and they were actually thinking about buying and heavily investing in other big-time publishers, and then this could be like a retail outfit for major game publishers and other things, and they didn't go through with that, and I always thought that was their biggest mistake. And right now, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Just, like, turn into, like, a fandom store where you sell, like, toys. You know, what does GameStop do at this point? Pretty sad, but, you know, times have changed. Gotta, gotta change the business model next up high school esports platform play vs raises 30.5 million in series b so i i've actually gone up back and forth whether this is actually called play versus or play vs let's just call it play vs so the series b was led by elysium park ventures which is the los angeles dodgers owners group private investment arm and PlayVS will use the fund to launch club leagues in five states, including Florida, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Texas. So PlayVS VS basically um, similar to what the NCAA is for real sports in college. And I'm sure there's a high school version of NCAA. PlayVS is trying to be that, but for esports competitions in high school. The inaugural season of their esports high school competitions has League of Legends developer Riot... Rocket League developer Psionics and Smite developer Hi-Rez Studios all on board. They're all ready to go. Honestly, to me, this is very smart. We already see League of Legends doing, I assume, a successful college league. They get a lot of Twitch viewers. It seems to be successful. I don't see why high school should be any different. And frankly, you already have a large majority of high school students going home and spending endless hours on these games anyways so why not organize it and create a structured community within the school around these games I mean you probably have uh, probably you easily have you have more students playing Fortnite than who go home and play basketball and football you know for fun and so like basketball and football still going to be popular you know but why don't make Fortnite as popular why not take all that energy being put into Fortnite and create a way for you to get on a team and create a way for you to cheer your team on and help the players for your school and kind of like get involved in that makes perfect sense pretty smart i'm curious to see you know i'd really like to see the college and ncaa push for this next and jump on board on that um and then once college figures it out, then high school can definitely figure it out. And it it just be think about how ridiculous it would be for you to get like a scholarship to like I don't know, like a scholarship to Stanford off a League of Legends scholarship. That'd be crazy, right? <laughs> You're gonna go to some high-level college to play League of Legends. Could happen. All right, next up, Game Investor Super.com start at Unreal Fun. So, super.com is like a game publishing um, company, and they want to start a finance arm. The fund is pretty much targeted towards seasoned developers, and, quote, super.com is offering investment for new studios or venture capital for mature companies, open to all Unreal 4 developers. Going on their website, it seems they're offering up to $500,000, there's not much information on, like... All the nitty gritty that's involved in these contracts, so I don't really know what five hundred thousand dollars means, but I guess super.com is just trying out different financing um, opportunities. I really wonder if they're owned by Epic or what kind of kickback Epic gets, or if Epic's helping this fund, who knows? But huh, interesting if you're an Unreal 4 developer and you want some money, all right? Red Hill Games. Is a new game st- company created by former Remedy CEO and former Wargaming executive. So Matthias Millerin opens a new game studio in Helsinki, Finland. Red Hill will focus on free to play PC game development and will look to create a slate of titles that, quote, have global impact. Red Hill currently has 13 employees, but to me, really, the larger story is that Helsinki is the giant hotbed for game development. You know, people in the U.S. don't give it credit, but Helsinki is a monster. And a lot of companies have wings over there. Like, I even know Zynga has a Helsinki office, you know, that makes games and does stuff. Helsinki, Helsinki. We got to look into what they're doing right over there. All right, let's just round out the news with some, you know, mediocre stories that I'm not going to deep dive. So Daybreak Studio shuts down H1Z1 Esports League. No surprise there when you're struggling to keep the doors open and were investigated by the US st- State Department for Russian money laundering. Not gonna really keep a esports league up. <laughs> Speaking of money laundering, Star Citizen claims it passes two hundred million in what they are still referring to as crowdfunding. No you can't count cumulative revenue year over year as crowdfunding, but Robert Space Industries doesn't care and still wants to put this narrative out that it's crowdfunding development. It's like basically if World of Warcraft said, oh, we're crowdfunding the next expansion of World of Warcraft and we pass $500 million in crowdfunding. You, they're just adding up their revenue year over year. Oh, don't, don't get me started. All right, <laughs> finally, Oculus is officially a part of Facebook now. Also, not a surprise. After the last founder and really like heavy hitter, and Oculus left, um, it was only a matter of time before the absorption took place. It'll share the same division within Facebook as the newly launched Portal device, and hopefully not share the same fate as the Portal device. <laughs> All right, everyone, let's get back to turkey and pie eating, and that's this weekend games Thanksgiving edition. I'll see you guys later. Bye.